Welcome to episode number 253, Holy Q Smokehouse. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with Gabe, Heck, Goose, and Tom. Holy Q Smokehouse. In this episode, we have special guest, Tom Peters. We cover topics that range from the food industry, major culinary influences, barbecue, menus, COVID-19, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Julia Child and Tom Smothers. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, Tom. Thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, man, so let's jump right into it. So for those of us who do not know, who you are and what you do, let us know. Yeah. I'm Tom Peters, uh, pitmaster and owner of Holy Q Smokehouse in Lahaska, Pennsylvania. Um, been doing this on and off for about six years, but uh, started out as a pop-up that we did uh, in New Hope when I moved to the area from Jersey City. And uh, out the gate, it just took off. So within seven weeks of doing the pop-up, I ended up uh, finding the brick and mortar, which is like right, you know, right before COVID hit. And that's it. Here I am, man. That's Living crazy. So, so this was something you always, you always had like a niche for, or uh, was it just something you randomly picked up five years ago, or were you just the guy that everyone wants to go to your barbecue because you knew you were gonna, you know, have it jump in? <laughs> um, it was, you know, my my background's been restaurants. I mean, I'm born and raised yeah. in the business. Twelve years old, I was in the kitchen. Um, nice. I actually worked in one of the first food trucks in New Brunswick, New Jersey, over at Rutgers. Okay. It was one of the first ever. Um, so, you know, I was serving coffees at like, you know, again, 12 years old. So th- that, that that's my culinary experience is like working, you know, with, through family restaurants, having my own. I had my first bar when I was 24 years old in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a restaurant lounge, like a supper club type of place. Um, that was condemned for the Coyotes ice hockey team. So okay. uh, when that happened, you know, at a young age, you know, that, that could scar you, losing that kind of money. So I, I went into real estate for 22 years. Um, but like the last seven years of my career in real estate, I was miserable. So, you know, life happens, life events happen. And I went to Texas with the last company I was with. And, you know, long story short, I walked into a restaurant. I was like, what's that smell? They're like, that's Texas barbecue. And I just had gone to a seminar at the convention and it was pretty much about like, yeah, what are you going to do with your future life? You know, what's your end game? And when I smelt that food, I'm like, this is it, man. You know, I always wanted to get back into restaurants. I didn't know to what aspect. I didn't want a fancy bar. I didn't want a fancy restaurant. I wanted something simple that I loved. So that, that, that was the spark. And it took a solid six years between you know, research and development, you know, having tastings at my house, learning the craft. Um, I mean, I burned a lot of briskets, dude. Like, I mean, it, 
pretty bad yeah, no, for sure. you know but that's how you learn that's how you learn and uh my first time really putting it out there for sale was in new hope so when i saw the demand i mean i was petrified i made a full brisket uh I'll never forget it uh pulled pork mac and cheese and cider slaw it was 147 dollar investment but i needed i needed to work i was in a bad spot back then yeah and uh when it took off i saw that in like 20 minutes i'm like that's it it's gonna work that's wild. Yeah. So, so for the for the folks that don't understand fully um, uh, the the business per se with barbecue, can you explain what Central Texas barbecue means? What's the yeah. difference? Um, barbecue is a regional thing. I mean, you know, coming okay. from here, I didn't know what barbecue was even until six years ago. Yeah. You know, when, when you hear barbecue here, you think wings, ribs, sloppy, a lot of sauces. You know, I had no idea what brisket was. I thought brisket was corned beef. Yeah. So when you look at different regions like the Carolinas, uh, Memphis, Kansas City, that that's really a saucier type of barbecue. It's vinegar based. When you go out to Texas, it's more rubs. Mm. Um, the focus is primarily on the smoke and the dry rub and mainly it's just salt and pepper. Like I can't tell you how many people ask what I put in my, you know, in my, in my meats. And they were like, there's got to be more. I'm like, no, salt and pepper. And they don't believe it because hmm. there's a distinct flavor when you focus on just smoke and time and, and very minimal seasoning. Mm. Yeah. So it's a game changer for us out here. Yeah, no, for sure. So then how did you know you actually had something? So at what point was it when you had people come into your house sampling um, what you, I mean, I'm sure you're probably like tweaking, you know, the recipe here and there or whatever, however you're cooking it. Um, oh, what, was there, was there like a defining moment? It, 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 it was it was the whole process was defining. I, I think nice. what I did in the last six years set me up for this. Like mm. stresses, the bad things, the pivots. Like this whole thing originally was was a, a food truck that went to meal delivery, that went to a pop up to now a barbecue restaurant. So like everything I learned in, from the business side of my career with real estate and everything else, like applied to this. Um, you know, I had some great mentors that, that I worked with and, you know, again, when, when COVID hit, you know, when the world was like, oh my God, what's happening? I'm like, I got this. This is my time to shine now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I knew things were going to get cheap. I knew I could find a great property. Um, you know, minimal negotiation, um, you know, fast, fast casual always does good in times of crisis. You know, people want to eat for cheap. And uh, it took off, man. So there wasn't really one defining moment. It was just, I'd say, different levels of the pivot. I didn't stop. I just, you know, people get so dead set in like, this is my goal. This is how I'm going to get there. And that's it. Yeah. So when they fail, they stop. They don't adapt. They don't switch. They don't move around. They don't try and find different ways. Like, you can have the same end goal, but how you get there can change a thousand different ways. And that was it. I love it. Yeah, man, we talk about this uh, all the time is utilizing uh, your life experience as a stepping stone to get you to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, endure uh, the pain that life you know, provides us and don't utilize those experiences to, to better themselves. But yep. you come across every once in a while or luckily now, more often than not, people utilizing those in a, in a very intelligent, strategic way like yourself to amplify your results 
or to actually make your dreams a reality and stop talking about it. The other thing we come across a lot is a lot of people talk, 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 uh, you know, and it's nice to dream build. Uh, and we, 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 we enjoy that. But at one point action has to be taken. Um, and I'm sure throughout that six year process, as you mentioned, you also build belief in yourself and your ability, what you can do uh, and what you can bring to the table. Um, it's a fascinating story. So, so explain how the, the whole brick and mortar, did you just see a random building where you're just looking at things? I know your background is in, uh, you have some uh, real estate background, obviously that, 20 plus years. That helped a lot because I, yeah. I, I focused on commercial real estate. So I knew okay. how to negotiate leases and what to look for and who to contact. And we had a couple of places that fell through in the mix and, when the last place was inside Pebbles Village, you know, the rules and regulations were too strong and all this stuff ended up bailing on that. And I took a drive. I'm like, I really like this area. Like it yeah. really resonated with me. So yeah. I literally turned the corner and saw a, a different realtor sign. So I called him. I said, what do you have? He's like, well, actually where you're standing, the place to the right is for rent. And that was it. It fell on my lap. You know, I, I really believe that like, if you don't stop, if you focus on the right things, it comes to you. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, when you let go of all the garbage, when you let go of all the negativity, when you let go of all the things that don't honor mm-hmm. you and just focus on what you want to do, the world opens up to you. And it's it, living proof, I'm telling you. That's amazing. So you earlier you mentioned um, you had mentors yeah. uh, or coaches or, or maybe people you looked up to yep. for advice. What, were they in the culinary industry or food industry, or were they just in general mindset su- All success? over the map. Okay. All over. From from Texas barbecue pit masters to fine dining chefs to business coaches in real estate. Like, I, I utilized everyone. Um, I think when I, when I hit my 40s, I realized I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. Mm. And I said, I need to start learning from people who are doing it. And who are mm. better than me? And that's really how you learn, man. Like if you're the smartest guy in the room, you gotta leave. Yeah, you know what I mean. And these people really helped me and guided me and gave me. And I was good at having an honest conversation. Like I didn't care if you told me I sucked. I didn't mm. care if you told me I was doing something wrong. Like I wanted those things. So like it, it helped me stay straight and, and focused and you know on the up and up. Which was which I'm I'm completely blessed for with, with you know with, with with having those people in my life. Yeah, I mean having that having that uh, mentality or even that realization, uh, but is one thing. But being mm-hmm. humble enough to uh, to take that that constructive criticism, if you will, or yeah. just even just a conversation. Yeah. To me, that's that person actually uh, uh, loves you more than someone who's just going to feed you information that you want to hear and tell you how great you are. Uh, It's like, dude, I need to improve. Clearly I need to improve help. Um, And so, you know, there's a weird line of when you're talking to people that becomes people boasting you versus flattery uh, versus someone who's truly trying to help you win. Um, And and the teacher can always see the student, right? Uh, I'm sure you have younger folks uh, in your life that you could tell what you could tell when the hungry kids around, uh, mentally and, and, and wants to be successful versus the kid who's just kind of just doesn't really have it or wants it just at that mm-hmm. moment. It's very mm-hmm. visible. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, is there, is there something, do you, do you read books? Do you, uh, watch videos? Do, oh, what do absolutely. you do for motivation? Um, I, 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 I read a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm a 
big Jocko uh, Willink fan. Nice. Um, I actually I actually saw them speak him and Leaf Babin out in Texas when they did no extreme way. ownership. Yep, that's awesome. So, extreme ownership's great. Um, I love John Maxwell. I don't know if you know who he is. Yes, sir. John Maxwell is just a really solid guy, um, and I love his principles and how he how he gets his word out. He's easy to listen to or and easy to read. Um, I was blessed with working when I worked for Keller Williams. Um, in my role as running offices for them, I was exposed to a lot of people and a lot of events where you know, I sat with the owner of Legal Seafood. I sat with the guy who, who was running the Boston Marathon during the bombing. So that was like leadership in crisis. Met the owners of Chick-fil-A. Like the owners of Chick-fil-A shined our shoes. Hmm. I mean, wow. Dude, like, it's like, wow. when you're around people like that, you learn, you know, you really, really see what truly successful people do. It's not about kind of playing you have. That's why like, I laugh at some of these Instagram dudes, like Grant's Cardones and all these guys, man. It's all a show, dude. You know? Yeah. I, I want to yeah. see a guy who lost it and built it back up again. Mm. that's the guy I'm going to respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, it's those kind of guys that you can learn from. Not, dude, there's no such thing as fast money, man. I've, I've been down that road. No such thing as fast money. Got to put work in. Got to put the work in. Got to sweat. Got to lose. Big time. So I appreciate, like, how humble I am now is not because of what I learned. It's like I messed up a lot in my life. Yeah. You know, I, I experienced loss. I've experienced bad health. You know, all that stuff. And and that's what makes you a better person. Absolutely. You know? Um, so let's so let's switch gears a little yeah. bit and go back to um, you know, your craft, right? Yes, I love asking about uh what 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 folks have in their toolbox, so to speak. So yeah. what what are your quote main tools to make the best possible product that, that that you put out there is there is there specific things must haves preparation uh, for you preparation I don't do anything halfway um, nice I don't skip there's no shortcuts in barbecue you know yeah no gadgets you know even you learn that as, as time goes on it's all about time it's all about patience um making sure the, the meats are properly trimmed properly seasoned and the mm. on the right side of the racks I mean I, I just Honestly, it's I'm like Rain Man when it comes to this stuff. Like when I get in my zone, I write everything down. Like every cook that I do is written down. What the weather is outside. Was it raining out? Was it cold out? How much wood did I put in? How fast did it cook? Like you'll see patterns if you write the stuff down. So it's just sticking to that. And you know, and, it, and that helps that helps with the consistency of the food. Like you you're not gonna say like I came to, to, to Holy Q one day and it was great, and then the next day it sucked. It doesn't happen. I, I refuse to let it happen that way. I think it's interesting that right before we switch gears on topics, yeah. um, you mentioned, uh, you know, the lies and the facade of, about making fast money. And yeah. then you instantly started talking about your craft and the parallel was it takes time. Everything in barbecue yeah. takes time. Yeah. Preparation. The yeah. parallels to life was just, Wow, it just blew me away. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It, it, it yeah. really is. I mean, and I again, I think that that mind frame gave me the patience. I'm not a patient person at all. Yeah, still not. Yeah, I know when to 
keep stay grounded and not get grandiose and not get mad about this. It is what it is. Like if the meat's done at eight in the morning, great. If it's done at ten, even better. It's gotta get done. You know, the, the meats that we cook are very resilient. You know, it's it's hard to mess up if you do it right. Mm. You know, but people so, get so so caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. You know? Um it's definitely an art, right? Yeah, uh, I'm still learning. I'm still learning to this day. It's amazing that you you write down everything, including yeah. the weather. Um, that's fascinating, uh, and that says a lot about uh, obviously your your you're not one your personality, but your business. You know, yeah. when you go to a, a place where the owner is taking that much care of his entire process, not just a cooking process. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a little bit of everything. Um, yep. I, I'm, dude, I'm excited to, to, to visit you guys. Look forward so, to having you. How did you come up two things? Yeah. Uh, the name Holy Q Smokehouse and the logo. <laughs> Explain both how they came about. Um, Holy Q was, uh, you know, again, I read a lot. And, and when I wanted to name it, I went through a, a phase where I just, I couldn't, get comfortable with the name and i kept i kept seeing a pattern of play on words play on words play on words we looked at holy smoke we looked at holy q or holy uh holy cow all taken um and then i'm like oh holy q i, I, I could stick and then I, I i came up with the hq logo and it, it just resonated so yeah. being that we're texas style you know you don't put a pig because texas is all about the beef so we got the steer head put on there. And uh, I think it's important that I, I, when you look at the logo, it says established 2020. Yeah. You know, everyone knows 2020 was one year. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. So if we can get through this, dude, you know, they're going to remember that number. So, and then red, so, so, the color red is, you know, it's, it's, it's a creates hunger. I love that. So, so explain that experience, right? I mean, 2020, you opened doors in the middle of a, of an unknown worldwide yeah. um, pandemic. I mean, what was that experience like? It was wild. I mean, it was hard to not get stressed. Yeah. But again, I, I saw the opportunity. And mm. literally, the day that I got the lease, I'm watching the news and getting looking at the lease on the computer. And the president's talking about this quarantine. I'm like, I can't sign this right now. Oh man! So I didn't sign the lease. So I prayed up, man. I was like, <laughs> if, if 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 it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And Absolutely. We held off until June, and you know things started to open up. I knew deep deep down from being in real estate that there's no one really looking at properties right now. So I was able to like you know put the brakes on a little bit and just you know, stay as comfortable. And, and I, I really didn't stop the process. I just didn't sign a lease. I had everything lined up in that downtime from the equipment I was going to use to signage to you name it. it was all done. So when we got into that property, it, we were open in two months. Wow. Yeah. Like wow. So, so, um, so buy-in from, um, I guess uh, a staff. I mean, you you have like a handful of folks working for you. Um, yep. How did how did that process come about? Did you post it anywhere? It was just friends and family? Like, um, I, I, I I knew my original cook from my last place that I worked at. Um, I posted on online. 
And you know, there's been there's been some turnover, like everything else. I mean, of course, uh, you know, the restaurant industry as a whole is broken right now, mm. and it's tough. It's tough, man. Like you know, people see, you know, the summer and vacations and free money and all this stuff, and it, it, it's hard. Like, yeah, I think at one point I had 22 interviews, not one showed up. Hmm. Not wow. one showed up. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's I mean that's hard. that's a very that's a very different um, pool of uh, yeah. workers than we had two years just two years ago or a year yeah. ago maybe. Yep. Um, the, the mindset changed. There's definitely a bunch of shifts, uh, paradigm shifts that are occurring, whether they're good or bad. Um, I do like the the fact that you know you 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 take ownership of the 2020 because everyone's definitely going to remember that. Like, dang, this yeah. dude made it through 2020. Yeah. He established himself. And a yeah. lot of people failed themselves, right? We, and it's, we broke it's, even from day one. Wow. And I was floored. I'm like, wow, I'm happy with that. That's incredible. Yeah. So you, so explain a little bit about your setup. How, how does, um, I know the strategy is that there's a, a, a limited uh, supply for yeah. sp- every day. So we're not, you know. Yeah. Um, killing yourself there. So, so how did, how did that work out? What, what was the, the thinking there? It, well, it's just, I, I think it's cool, right? With the signs, it's like, uh, unless sold, sold unless we sell yeah. out or sold out, it's like, this is awesome. But that's barbecue, man. That's barbecue. Like when you go to Texas, places sell out. You know, if you're going to a place that's serving barbecue at nine o'clock, it's not fresh barbecue. Yeah. Probably not good barbecue. I, and that, that's not me. So I want, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a purist when it comes to that. Like I don't mess around with what I learned. You know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I didn't create the stuff. You know, I'm just following the concept because it works in Texas. I mean, there are places out there that open one day a week, hmm. and in that one day, they'll sell ten thousand pounds of meat in one day. Wow! Do that math, wow. dude. That's a <laughs> lot of barbecue. Yeah. So, um, when I opened up, I, I just you know it was really a crapshoot in the beginning. You know, I started small and just kept building. And again, with that, I track, what do I cook on a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever day we open and then just keep raising it. I mean, listen, out of all those times, I'd say less than, less than a handful where I had leftover meat and we closed wow. the six. Yeah. Wow. And what, what, what did I do with it? Brought some to the police station, brought some to the fire department. I brought some to other service industry guys, grocery store clerks, like, this is again during COVID. So like it was cool giving people food who I knew that were like, you know, busting their hump. Yeah. You know, during a tough time and they were happy. So I didn't care about the money from that standpoint. I just knew that, you know, the food didn't go to waste. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really, so it's really, it's really a guessing game. It's, it's no, it's incredible, man. I love the setup. I love how you have it. So explain yeah. to folks who, uh, who, who, who want uh, to visit you guys, what yeah. can they expect and, and see on the menu? Um, they can expect if they come come in early, they'll see everything that we have. Um, it's simple. I don't have a big menu. It, it's the classics. I got brisket, pulled pork, ribs, uh, brats, and uh, my signature. It's called a Texas Joe. It's a shredded brisket with our homemade uh, sloppy Joe sauce and smoked nice. turkey. That's it. That's all I do. Not, I don't do any kind of crafty barbecues or whatever. I'm trying to get beef ribs, but right now beef ribs with just not it's not 
efficient. You know, I would have to charge sixty bucks for one rib. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I'm, I'm not even joking. It's, that's what that's that's the going rate right now. That's wild. So my sides again, all classic sides: mac and cheese, coleslaw, uh, baked beans, cream corn, uh, honey cornbread, and we do our pickled onions on the side that everyone gets. And we only have one sauce. That's it. Um, I'm not trying to get into like doing different sauces because it's not Texas barbecue, but I offer it, you know, as a freebie. It's a a Berber brown sugar sauce that we make. Okay. And everything's everything's made daily, um, so you're always getting fresh everything. And again, it's simple, but what I love about it, it's such a small menu. Everything is going to be good. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. like well, I had this one day and it was good, but this way, this one, this one was bad. It's all going to be consistent. So, you know, definitely get there early. Um, weekends, especially, we've been selling out in about two hours. Jeez. Yeah. So, but again, I'm making more every week, and we just keep selling out. So, that's a good sign. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. Um, explain. I saw that the outside, uh, the outside setup looked crazy cool. Yeah. Um, you just have, like, this, like, welcoming um, – uh, style of, of it's like you want to go there to hang out and, and, and not only support, you know, small business, but it's, yeah. a, it's a place you want to actually go. Yeah. I, I, my, my vision doing this again, from going to different barbecue places, the first thing you think of is like, wow, I feel like I'm home. Hmm. Exactly. You know, there, there are places I've been to that have dirt floors yeah. and like a barn. But when you walk wow. in, it's like, you know, red and white checkered tablecloths, exposed beams, a lot of like rustic stuff and barrels. Like you feel you feel like you're at a barbecue. And I'll tell you, there's no other food on the face of this earth that brings people together more than barbecue. So that that's, that's what I, that that was my vision. So when I saw the backyard here, I'm like, this is a layup. Hmm. Like people who were here before didn't even utilize the backyard. They had like three tables. I popped in ten to eight top tables. Yeah, so so to, so to go on the um, the location and the setup, yeah. just right what you just said, where the folks prior to you didn't utilize the space, right? So yep. taking complete advantage uh, of your resources and those yep. things and people around you in a positive way. Yeah. Talk about people saying, "Oh, I didn't have the opportunity to do X, Y, and Z." I don't know. Did you not, or did you not look hard enough? Did you really tap into things that are around you? People do want to help you, and stop yeah. thinking, you know, that the world's against you all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's amazing that you found this spot. You knew exactly, first of all, what you wanted, how you wanted to run that bad boy, but what you used up with what was provided. I mean, I, I, I don't want to like overpass that like you didn't just say. No, no, no. That is a huge. How many tables you said you popped up? Ten, eight top tables. Seriously. 80 people. Yep. 80 people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a game changer. And, that, and that, was, that, that was, you know, socially distanced too. I could easily put like five more tables in there wow. now. So that, that, yeah. that was a big selling point in the winter. Like people sat outside November, December, cold. Fire pits were going, heat lamps were going. You know, we made it happen. There was no indoor dining, so it was good. It was a good look. Yeah, no, for sure. So, so moving forward, we're, mm -hmm. we're within the next year. Nothing crazy. Nothing twenty yeah. years from now. Just within the next year, you. I'm yeah. sure you learned a lot, right? Yeah. Um. What What are some of the things you would like to see 
within the next year, this time next summer? Um, I, what I like to see business wise or what, like in what way? Yeah. Business, business wise. I thought I, I like, I, I just dropped off Wednesday. So now we're only up with four days a week. Yeah. I did that um, purposely to try and like build those days up. Wednesday was always a hit and miss day. And I opened up a market right next door, which just opened today. So I could actually use the kitchen on Mondays and Wednesdays to cook the grab and go meals for the market. So what I like to see is in the next year, uh, my food truck that I want to put at the other side of the park a lot, um, facing Peddler's Village. Uh, my new smoker is going to be here this week. I bought a 500 gallon uh, offset smoker oh, on, a, on, a, on a trailer. Yeah. No, holy Q. So I wanted to see my catering side pick up, um, you know, doing events like concerts and, uh, you know, weddings, and all that stuff. So I, I like to build a division with that, hire someone to take care of the catering. Um, what else do I want to see? I want, you know, I, I want to see my employees happy, man. Yeah. You know, that, 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 it means a lot to me. I'm, I'm tough to work for. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not a jerk. Like I don't, you know, make people, I don't belittle people, but I'm very direct. And, you know, the younger generation isn't used to that. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a kitchen where chefs threw things at you to like, to hurt you. Hmm. Like <laughs> yeah. that's how I grew up. And I yeah. always said, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. But I, I just want to see my, my, my staff happy and, and doing what they want to do in life. You know, I love it, it, man. Yeah. Um, so explain a little bit about the market. Cause I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. So yeah. what's the market? And it's, it's literally right next to the, the right next door. Market? It's in the same shopping area that we're taking over. Um, it was empty for quite some time. Um, we had first right to it and we decided to jump on it. You know, like I was like, do I want to do this now? I've got a lot going on and I'm like, well, how hard could it be? It's a market, you know? There's a yeah. big demand in this area. Like, if I want to go food shopping, I have to drive seven miles that way to Giant or eight miles to Giant or Wawa. So there's nothing in the middle. Hmm. Yeah. So, like, if I have to, like, go out and, like, get some Advil or a pack of cigarettes or, you know, milk or half and half, I got to get my car. So I, I was good at seeing demand in that. And yeah. uh, literally, people came in today were like, finally, someone did it. Like, all of Heather's <laughs> Village. There's not one place to get a bottle of soda. Hmm. If you if you don't feel good, allergies. Not one place to get a packet of Benadryl. So it, like, I call it like Wawa's meets Whole Foods. Really okay. good quality stuff. A little grocery area, and then all the basic convenience stores that you that they can see. It's called That's HP awesome. Market. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and here 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 it is again. I mean, you find you find a niche. You 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 see. You see the need for it, yep. um, and then you fulfill that void, whatever it is. Yes. Um, and sometimes, again, that could have been someone thinking about that for years. My gosh, you know, it'd be clutch here a market, but never capitalize on their own ideas yep. or, or believed in that idea. Where here you are, you instantly saw, yeah, guys, there's clearly a need here. <laughs> Let's just yes. go with it. Um, it's amazing, and and again, it, it's. You know, you, you, you gotta you gotta have to take that action. I mean, we can talk about it all it. we want. 
You know what I mean? And, and sit at the it. dinner table and yep. say, hey, man, you know how cool it would be if we had a market? Very different than, yo, let's sign the paperwork or you know, let's make it a meeting. Yeah. Let's 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 have a discussion, a, more, a serious discussion about this. See yep. what we can do. Um, all right. So uh, when, when you were growing up at 12, you, you know, you're you're already introduced to the uh, to the food industry. Was mm-hmm. there anyone, you know, like on TV, I'm, I'm speaking, did you look up to or was there a show, particular show that you got a kind of kick out of um, that, that you, you like to watch and maybe found some level of inspiration or was it just that wasn't really your thing? No, it wasn't my thing, man. You know, like, you know, when you work for family, it's different, man. Yeah. You know, and I worked as a back waiter at one of, like, the fanciest restaurants in the tri-state area. It was called La Fontana in New Brunswick. Okay. You know, I, I, I hustled at a young age. I had, like, three jobs. Pizzeria, back waiter, and, like, worked in the clothes store as a stock boy. Like, like I, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, hey, Dad, I want to buy this, you know, these turntables. All right, great. Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So I got a job, you know, and uh, I, I'm fortunate that I, I learned what a work ethic is. You know what I mean? And But the problem is my dad was, you know, he was a blue collar guy. God rest his soul. But, like, you know, I learned how to work, but I wasn't business savvy. So that, that came through mentors that I worked for, you know. Like the clothing store, like the owner, Mr. Brown, was, you know, he was like a, a mentor to me, you know. And uh, as I got older, I was attracted to people that, like that, who I, le- or who I learned from. Yeah. And uh, the restaurants were always a thing. It, it wasn't really what I wanted to do until I hit my mid-20s, you know, moved to Hoboken. You know, my first apartment at, at like, you know, 20 years old. I'm like, I want to open a club. Like, I don't know. I, I, I bartended. But like you know, I was not crazy, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty four years old, I went to Barnes Noble. How do you do a business plan? You know, made a business plan. Then I went to the SBA. How do I get an SBA? Like, this is how crazy I was. I, 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 you couldn't tell me I couldn't do something at that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't tell me. So like, I walked into the SBA office. Hey, here's a business plan. How much money do you have? I got ten grand. You know, whatever it was. Yeah. Twenty four years old, born in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was, it was insane. Like. It just, I just, it just progressed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fascinating as hell too, because, um, you were able to capture, well, first of all, you know, you, you had the guts to do it is one thing, but you learned so much. You're, you're absorbed. You're ready for, um, um, the next level, so to speak. You're hungry for it. Right. Dude, I was crazy. Um, I wasn't hungry. I was crazy. I was, I was yeah. crazy. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not, I wasn't smart. I was as dumb as the day was long, like I didn't know about food costs. I didn't know about any of that stuff. Yeah. I wanted to be the pimp who had a bar, you know, whatever. But failing at that was good. I learned. Yeah. You know? So what, what made that in your, in your eyes, uh, what, what made that a failure? Why did that fail? Do you think it was condemned for the coyotes ice hockey team? Oh yeah, that's right. You did say that earlier. That's yeah. right. That's right. How crazy is that? So, it was it was a good loss, put it that way. I learned a lot. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> what um is is there anything you would have done there different other than not doing that? But is there anything you would have done differently? Um, if you like look back on that situation? If I know if I knew 
back then what I know now, yes, I would have kept it simple. Yeah, I wouldn't have had this grandiose, you know, four thousand square foot restaurant lounge. I would have, I would have opened a burger joint up that sold beer and bourbon. That's it. You know, it just, it just, it's wild. You know, you don't need to do big, crazy things to make a lot of money or succeed. Keep yeah. it very simple. So, so in saying that, yeah. we have a, a you know a few little you know entrepreneurs listening that are possibly could you know want to step into the food industry yeah. or just become a, a, a business owner in general. What's, yeah. what's your recommendation? They can be anywhere. Literally, we have huh. listeners from sixteen to, without exaggeration, eighty-two. I don't know where the eighty-two came yeah. from, but it's art. We have a very wide range. Um, well, but that say, young buck, what, what would you say to them? Young bucks these days. Yeah, huh. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. I, mean, I work with them now, and I got. Yeah. I tell you, these kids think they know it all. Yeah, they do, and I, it's sad in a lot of ways. They think they could do it better than anyone, they, but they haven't put the time in or the work to even understand how to start a business. Yeah, you know they want this here. Take <laughs> it. That's not the way it is, man. You yeah. know, they they need they need to. Build a work ethic. And they have to understand that they're not the smartest guy out there. And there's someone out there doing it better than them. Yeah. And just be a student. You know, the young ones. Because th good things take time. Period. Period. If, if your family's, you know, the Rockefellers or whatever, God bless you. Yeah. You fail all you want. But for the average guy who wants to be an entrepreneur, don't be afraid to work. Like, Dude, at 40, how old was I? 46 years old. When I was trying to get out of real estate, I worked for a crap real estate company, lost my shirt. When I tell you lost my shirt, I was trying to get this off the ground. I was bartending at night. I was driving an Uber right afterwards when I closed the shift, bringing the drunks home, and then waking up at 5 in the morning to do my airport runs to bring the guys to the airport just to make enough money to do a pop-up. Hmm. Wow. And then pay my rent. Go grocery shopping. Build a website. Like, bro, when I tell you worked, like, it was nonstop. I wasn't out in the beach in the summertime. You know? I wasn't just sitting back waiting for it to come to me. I went after it. So, I, like I said, when, when COVID hit, I was ready, dude. I was primed and ready to go because I knew... You know, I knew how to have that hustle. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that young guys, man, just work. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're not perfect. You know, just keep learning from people who are doing it better than you. Perfect, man. Yeah. Work hard, stay humble, right? Um, That's it, dude. So, so how can, what's the best way folks can reach you? Is it, is it your Instagram? Is there a website, yeah. email, visiting uh, you, obviously? Yeah, dude, they can always come. I'm an open book. I'll, I'll, I'll show you my smoker. I'll give you recipes, and I'll sit back and watch you do it. Have fun, you know? That's awesome. Um, Holy Q Smokes is the uh, Instagram, probably the best way. Email uh, is on the uh, website, holyq.com. It's pretty easy. Awesome. So yeah. do you have any parting words before we close the night? No, nah, man. Just I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I love I love what you guys are putting out there, and uh, if, if you ever want to come out and try some food, you just give me a heads up. Love to sit down with you and break bread. 
I love it, man. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, it's good people. So we're definitely going to make that happen. Awesome. I'll pay you a visit, maybe multiple visits. Um, <laughs> <I love laughs> it. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we like to close out with quotes. And the first one is by Julia Child. The only time to eat diet food is while you're waiting for the steak to cook. <laughs> and the second one is Tom Smothers. Red meat is not bad for you. Now, blue, green meat, that's bad for you. That All right. <laughs> Holy Q Smokehouse. In this episode, we have special guest Tom Peters. We cover topics that range from food industry, major culinary influences, barbecue, menus, COVID-19, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Julia Child and Tom Smothers. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>